The epistle for Holy Thursday is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Corinthians. Brethren, when you come together, therefore, into one place, it is not now to eat the Lord's Supper, for every one taketh before his own supper to eat, and one indeed is hungry, and another is drunk. What have you not houses to eat and drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and put them to shame that have not? What shall I say to you? Do I praise you? In this I praise you not, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and giving thanks, broke and said, Take ye and eat. This is my body which shall be delivered for you. This do for the commemoration of me. In like manner also the chalice, after he had supped, saying, This chalice is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you shall drink for the commemoration of me. For as often as you shall eat this bread and drink the chalice, you shall show the death of the Lord until he come. Therefore, whosoever shall eat this bread or drink the chalice of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of our Lord. But let a man prove himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of the chalice. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning the body of the Lord. Therefore are there many infirm and weak among you, and many sleep. But if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But whilst we are judged, we are chastised by the Lord, that we be not condemned with this world. And the Holy Gospel is taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 13. Before the festival day of the Pasch, Jesus, knowing that his hour was come, that he should pass out of this world to the Father, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And when supper was done, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, and that he came from God and goeth to God, he riseth from supper and layeth aside his garments, and having taken a towel, he girdeth himself. And after that, he putteth water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. He cometh therefore to Simon Peter, and Peter saith to him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith to him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou shalt not have any part with me. Simon Peter saith to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not but to wash his feet, but is clean holy. And you are clean, but not all. For he knew who he was that who, who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. Then after he had washed their feet and taken his garments, being sat down again, he said to them, Know ye what I have done to you? 
You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, being your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that as I have done, so you do also. Those are the words of today's Holy Gospel. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them unto the end. These words are taken from today's gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Years ago, in a desolate tenement of lower Manhattan, there lived a sick mother with her only child, a little girl. On one of the many days when there was no bread in the house, the little girl knelt down beside her mother's bed and prayed the Our Father. When she got to the petition, give us this day our daily bread, she put special emphasis on those words, for she knew that by putting her confidence in God, he would provide for their needs. She was, in fact, so confident that God would answer her prayer that she went out into the street to find where God kept his bread. She went around the corner to the bakery. Entering the little shop, she said to the baker, I've come for it. Come for what, he asked. My daily bread, she answered, pointing to the loaves. I'll take two, if you please, one for mother and one for me. The baker wrapped them up and gave them to the girl who started to leave. The baker stammered, Get back here, you little rascal. Where's the money for the bread? I haven't any, she said meekly. What's the big idea coming in here to get bread without any money? His angry words and his angry look frightened the poor little girl to tears. She sobbed, My mother is sick and I am hungry. So I prayed the hour, Father, and asked God to give us our daily bread. And I thought God might want me to come and get it. So I came here. The innocent response had a profound effect on the baker. His heart had been softened by hearing the need of the little girl. My little dear, he said, come. Take this basket of bread to your mother. And he kindly held out to the little girl a basket holding several loaves of bread. My dear friends, on the night of our Lord's passion, before he died, our Lord gathered with his apostles at the Last Supper. He knew that he would be betrayed that very night into the hands of his enemies. Our Lord knew the evil deed the traitor Judas was about to do. Our Lord also knew that in just a few hours the other apostles would abandon him in the Garden of Gethsemane. But despite all this, in his approaching passion, he poured out his sacred heart to his beloved apostles. He revealed to them the mystery of his love. St. John in his gospel relates to us what the sacred heart of Jesus felt at the Last Supper. 
for he was the one who listened to the beatings of his sacred heart. St. John tells us, Jesus, knowing that his hour was come, that he should pass out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And not only did our Lord express his great love in his words, but he also proved his love by his actions. Our divine Savior was about to leave them, both by his death the following day and also by his ascension 40 days after Easter. The thought of this separation was too much for his sacred heart, and so he devised a means of staying with us, the Blessed Sacrament. At the Last Supper, when he was at table, he took bread into his hands. He gave thanks and broke the bread. Then as his sacred heart overflowed with supreme love, he said, Take ye and eat, for this is my body, which shall be delivered for you. Do this in commemoration of me. And then in like manner he took the chalice into his hands, and drinking a little from it, he said, This chalice is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you shall drink for the commemoration of me. Today, my dear faithful, we celebrate the institution of the Holy Eucharist and the Holy Priesthood. We celebrate these marvelous gifts our Lord has given us by using white vestments and by ringing the bells and at the singing of the Gloria. By the institution of the Holy Eucharist and the Holy Priesthood, our Savior gave us the means by which he would feed our souls with his own body and blood and be really and truly present with us until the end of time. And when you consider the circumstances of the Last Supper, we see how much more significant is the love of our Lord. Judas, who will betray him shortly, is there at the table with him. The apostles, who will abandon him in a few hours, are also seated with Jesus. Ever present to our Lord are the indescribable pains and torments he will undergo the next day and the unspeakable agony that he will experience this night in the Garden of Gethsemane. At the very time when men are plotting his death. He thinks of us and gives us his last proof of his love, the Holy Eucharist and the Holy Priesthood. After our Lord offered the first Mass, he then made his way out of the city of Jerusalem to a small hill just east of the city. At the base of this hill was a garden in which olive trees grew abundantly. Our Lord had often brought the apostles there to pray, and thus Judas knew exactly where to lead the soldiers after he had betrayed our Lord. But as the apostles approached the garden, it became obvious that something was different about this night. Turning to his three closest friends, our Lord said, my soul is sorrowful, even unto death. 
Our Lord was filled with an overwhelming sorrow and a mortal fear of the passion and death he was about to undergo. He foresaw each stroke of the whip, the crowning with thorns, the nails that would pierce his hands and feet, and the lance that would pierce his side. But most of all, he saw the ingratitude of mankind. It was not the thought of his physical sufferings that hurt our Lord most in the agony. It was the thought of men's failure to appreciate what he was about to do. One way, my dear friends, that we can show our Lord how much we appreciate all that he has done for us is to place our confidence in him. Like the little girl in the story who prayed the Our Father and placed the utmost confidence in the loving heart of Jesus, we also need to have the same childlike confidence. Another way we can show our appreciation to our divine Savior is to spend time with him at the altar of repose. At the end of Mass this morning, we will process from this chapel to the altar of repose. There our Lord will be placed in the tabernacle on this beautifully prepared altar, and then we will take the place of his apostles, like in the Garden of Gethsemane on that first Holy Thursday. We will consider him pressed to the ground by the weight of our sins, begging us to spend at least one hour with him, offering him the consolation of our love. The Sacred Heart of Jesus, my dear friends, makes an appeal to you to make reparation to his most sacred heart. Through the mouth of his prophet David, our suffering Savior says to us, I looked for one that would grieve together with me, but there was none and for one that would comfort me, and I found none. This day and throughout the night, he asks each and every one of us. In fact, he pleads with us at this very moment with the same words he spoke to St. Margaret Mary. He asks, will you at least give me the consolation of supplying for the ingratitude of men as far as you are able. Take these words to heart and truly realize what our Savior has done for us. Let us, with the help of his sorrowful mother, comfort and console the most sacred heart of Jesus, who yearns for our attention, our affection, and our love with an infinite desire. It is his supreme glory to be loved by us. May it be our supreme treasure to love him according to the longings of his most sacred heart. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.